0: Welcome to Words of Aloha with Pastor Izzy Manzo of Amazing Grace Ministries International. We're headquartered in Kailua, Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii. Join us now as we get into God's Word. Uh, Lord, uh, we're so thankful that Pastor Izzy's back today. Lord, we know he's not... Done healing yet? So we just pray that you would um, you would give him your strength, um, and uh, and just help him to be a vessel, Lord, to speak to each one of us today, Lord, that you would have your way with us, Lord. Keep our hearts from being distracted by the cares of this world, Lord. Help us to have that faith not just for eternal salvation, but for our daily walk with you. Yes. And uh, as we draw near to you, Lord, this morning, just pray that you would encourage us and enrich us, Lord. Build our faith in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you would get your Bibles out and turn to Mark's Gospel, Chapter 7, we're going to pick up this morning where we were a few weeks ago before I had surgery. And uh, I'm trying to be the poster child for post-recovery of after surgery. But, um, you know, I told some of the brethren today already, my, my spirit is willing and just the flesh is weak, stinking thing. They put a mesh behind my my hernia here, my stomach and uh, Now, the bruising is starting to kind of come through. So, I've been putting, slathering the arnica on it, trying to cheat, you know, get it well as fast as I can. And, uh, I thank the Lord I have these young men around me that, that have stepped, stepped up to the bat and set everything up today and made it a lot. That I actually drove to church with my wife for the first time in, I think, what, 30 years? So, is it, yeah, just, um, so, so it was pretty fun today. Got to have a date on the way to church, you know, well, any time I'm with, there's a date, so. We, yeah, we got to talk before church. It was a strange day. This is awesome. This is going to be great. Now I need some whales, and we're done. So, <laughs> well, guys, in Mark chapter 7, we're going to pick up there this morning, but before we do, I just have to remind you, Jesus, in chapter 6, had just walked on water. And he had previously, right, the, the paragraph before that tells us he had also fed the 5,000 with a couple loaves from a kid's lunch and a few fish. And um, at the end of chapter 6, a real important verse I need to pick up with before we go to chapter 7 this morning. So look at with me at the last verses of chapter 6 of the Gospel of Mark. And it reads this. It tells us that in verse 50, 53 it is, And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And uh, it says, And more to the shore. And when they had come, out of the boat immediately the people recognized him and so they ran about the whole country and began to carry about on on their pallets all those that were sick to the places that that they heard that he was and so wherever he entered a village or city or countryside it says they were laying the sick in the marketplaces and entreating Jesus that he might that they might just touch what the fringe of his cloak yeah just the fringe of his garment and as many as touched it were what they were healed cured right then i mean these people that i just had need to paint the picture this morning how's jesus's popularity with the common folk at this point you think high i mean they are like thronging to him remember we studied just a couple weeks ago that they were coming out because he was healing all those people that were sick and and uh, John the Baptist, he he had just been beheaded. Jesus, it said, couldn't even have time to take a meal or to to rest. I mean, the crowds were constantly pushing on him. You remember that woman with the hemorrhage had worked her way up through the crowd, and and she thought, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll I'll be healed. Well, she got healed, and Jesus Jesus stopped the whole parade. I mean, he just like someone touched me, and and he and he. And they're like, everybody's touch. Come on, Lord. They all want to. You're you're, popular. They all want a piece of you. You know, they want coming up and, and and, we're trying. I could just see Peter. We're trying our best, Lord. But, you know, don't just try. And, no, he goes, no, somebody touched me because he, he said something happened. What did he say? Power has gone forth from me. And it said when the woman realized that she hadn't got away with it without any, you know, being discovered, she came forward and she confessed. It was me. And you know the Lord. He's always gracious. He's like, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace, you know. But but the the word about this woman started to spread. See, because up till now, we didn't have people sneaking up in the crowd just to touch him, okay? Uh, they, They called for him, hey, come and do a miracle. And in fact, he was on his way to the house of the, of the um, nobleman's um, uh, kid that was sick, and, and you know, we studied in depth, as he's going, he, he has to stop to talk to the woman, and then at that time, the servants of the master came and said, "Don't bother Jesus anymore. It's too late. Our child's already dead." And you guys know what? Jesus, Jesus, don't worry. Just asleep. Just asleep. And they're going, you're a good rabbi, but you know nothing about a pulse. You know, you, you don't understand. He, did Jesus understand? He, they didn't understand truly the depth of his power. The death did not even. It, what's the difference between fixing a, 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 a person's eyes that have never seen? A blind man or, or a person who's never heard or or, or lame man who's never walked. What's harder for the Lord, making their legs to come back and and, and work instantly or to raise someone from the dead? Does it matter when you have all power? Is it like, well, let me see. This one's going to be harder today than that one was yesterday. I mean, does he really strain? I mean, how much strain was it when he was walking and the gal just touched his garment? Yet he felt that power go forth, and he said power has gone forth. And now I want to point this out by the end of this chapter, chapter 6 of Mark, the woman the, the thing we just I just told you about with the woman, that just happened. How fast does the word spread? How how good, how quick is the coconut wireless? You know, wait, right? I mean as soon as this happens, there is now a new movement starting to take place. Now I don't know if you really perceive this, but if you read by the way, this this particular part we're reading today, this can be found in Matthew 15. When we did the Gospel Matthew, you might re- think, well, this is familiar. I remember we studied about this woman before. Yes, we did. And it's also in Luke chapter six. This uh this phenomena that everybody's trying to get to Jesus, to to just now by now they're they're not just coming and. And letting him do the miracles, they're, they're just lining up the people and saying, Could you come over here? So just, just pass by and we'll just get our hands ready to touch you as you, you know, you just got to touch the fringe of your garment. So now, <clears throat> how do you think the other religious leaders are feeling compared to Jesus? You know, they're, 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 his ministry has just exploded. If you read the gospel accounts, as soon as this, this discovery that all you gotta do is touch him if you're sick. I mean, this is the word is spreading. People are it says they, they didn't just say they they casually sauntered through the land to tell everybody. No, what's it say they did? They ran. They ran announcing there's a teacher coming, just Jesus. All you gotta do is touch the hem of his garment and he. And power comes out of him and heals you. And so we read here that the people are lining the streets of wherever they think he's going. Get all the sick in the region and bring him there. Now, (laughs) some people don't put themselves in these stories, but I always try to picture, who would I be in the story, you know? Would I be one of the guys running to tell the people, hey, anybody sick? Just come over here. We're going to get Jesus to pass through the square or... Or, you know, would I be one of the sick? For this week, I'm one of the sick. Lord, heal me. You know, could you pass by me? It's just too bashful. Sure, Dot. <laughs> We'd be, if, it, now I just want to point this out because today we're going to pick up on something that some folks don't recognize. But in the story, we're told about these Pharisees, these religious leaders of Jesus' day. And we actually get a whole intro to their attitude towards this great miracles that are taking place here in Mark 7. Mark 7 is going to tell us, how did the other, did did the other religious leaders give Jesus a standing ovation? Great job, Rabbi, you're doing great, you know. Power of God's coming out of you. The people are being healed. It's, it's so wonderful. Glory to God, right? Uh, no. No, they couldn't do that. If they, no. Unfortunately we get to see just how their spiritual state truly was when we look here to Mark chapter 7. Turn with me there to Mark 7, verse 1 now, and let's pick up this morning. It says And the Pharisees and some of the scribes gathered together around Jesus when he, when they had come from Jerusalem. Now, wait a minute. He's up at Gennesaret there, the shores of... That, that, that's up there by the Gadarenes um, to the north uh, let's see, this one, this is that way to the, on the, on the side where the pigs went over the, over the uh, steep ravine into the, into the Sea of Galilee. He's up there. They have now traveled all the way from Jerusalem, and by the way, this isn't a short, you know, a short little jaunt. This is like a couple marathons away. There was no transit, you know. You, if you wanted to go see, you had a, I mean if you had a donkey okay but I don't know about you but riding 50 miles on a donkey I I I used to watch these guys in in Arizona when I was an eagle scout I would hike the Grand Canyon during the summer times from rim to rim and the and these people would pay to ride these pack mules down the same trails that we hiked and I used to look at them and I I would listen you know I could walk faster than the the donkeys go real slow down the hill, and they're pointed slightly downhill, so you know what's happening to their, the people riding. The bottoms are sliding forward, and they're constantly squeezing with the knees, pushing back up, but the problem is you do that for just, it's like six hours to descend down to bright angel, and 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 you're sliding forward the whole time. What happens? You, you know, by the time they're at the bottom, they're all crying, you know, that 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 the inside of the knees are got blisters, you know, and the backside is you know saddle sore, and I'm cracking up. I'm thinking you should have walked, you know. It's a much better walk, and you get here. F- I always beat the donkeys. I was like, they're so slow. Why do? You-? But but these religious guys back in the day when you wore a robe was gonna ride like over 50 miles just because they hear about this guy Jesus. Now. I just have to point that out because some people don't pay attention to these little details. They're coming from Jerusalem all the way up to where Jesus is. Jesus, does, Jesus isn't where he came down to them. No, they're going up to him. And after riding all that time on a donkey, yeah, they're not pleasant. That's right. That's why they're cranky. Maybe that's it. They get all the way up there and 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 instead of rejoicing that the power of God is touching those that are really needing it the most. Listen to their attitude. As they come upon Jesus, it says, when he, when, <clears throat> and, and they had seen some of his disciples, that they were, they were eating bread, it says, with impure hands. That is, unwashed. It says, verse 3, For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they carefully wash their hands thus observing the traditions of what of the elders and so when the when they had come from the marketplace they, they do not eat unless they cleanse themselves and there are many other things it says that they do which they receive uh, received in in order to observe such as like washing of cups and pitchers and of the copper pots, they they had all these traditions, not of the word of God, but trish, traditions of man. And so, when they arrive, the first thing they begin to do is to to pick at the disciples of Jesus. Why don't you guys follow our traditions? You're not washing with ceremonial hand cleaning like we do. Now, have, have any of you been learned about the tradition how they would wash their hands? This is hilarious. That the Jews. If you were wealthy enough that you could that you could set up the the what we call the washing station outside the house, have you seen the pots? What they use? The, these pots are ginormous. They have they they would fill these large vessels. Most of the time they were they were clay. If they were wealthier, they might have them in bronze. But they'd be they'd be like about this tall. A man could just bend forward and stick his arms down in there and. And they would wash, dip all the way down to here, like just just like as far in as almost to your armpits. And they would they would bring their hands out. Now they 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 go like this and they wipe it down. Start at the top, and you have to go from the top. You think that this is pre-surgeon, you know? We're gonna go to surgery here. Okay, now th- this is the funny part. Okay, if you've never seen this, this is really interesting. In Israel, they go they have the pots lined up. If the door of the house is here, the pots are here in a line, like this, and you have to start at the pot farthest from the door, okay? And you dip your hands in, you start up here, all the way down, all the way down. You don't dip in this pot, that was just the initial get the crud, big stuff off, you know? And then you go to the next pot, you stick your hands in. Get it all loose, all the dirt loosened off. And then now, this one is the dirtiest pot. It gets all the, you know, big crud off your hand. And, but then you go to the second one, and, you know, you've already washed most of the stuff out there, but that's okay. How, did I tell you how many pots they have for ceremonial cleaning? Seven. got to do this seven times. After surgery, this sucks leaning forward. You get the picture, right? They go seven times across the thing. At the seventh one, by the seventh one... The water looks perfect. Because, I mean, you washed all the dirt off over there. Right? But they get all the way down to here. And this is so that, yeah, no skin left. You got to go. Now it's time to go eat. You know, you're wrinkled by the time you get done with this process. But but they would do this. And and they, it was to show we have this tradition. You yeah, Do any of you guys know folks that have, you know, strong traditions in their families? I mean, it's amazing. I love to compare different cultures, because, you know, I grew up in an Italian house. We we don't have a dinner that lasts, like, 10, 20 minutes. That, to us, that's not dinner. That's, like, a, a snack. No, you know, they, so, some American homes, I go and eat with them, and they, they, they sit down, and then they jump up and go watch TV, and they're done. And I'm like, that's not supper. That's, a, that's like a tease, you know? What happened to, like, courses you know you got to start off with the appetizer and a little bit of you know get the 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 pump primed you know just to get ready to eat and 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 then you have the you know first wave of the pasta and then you have the you know it, it takes hours t- to really eat properly you know and these guys do it i'm, I'm like oh but it, it's funny because you know growing up in a different little subculture in America. See, I didn't know there was anything but Italians here. That's how cloistered I was. It was all, this neighborhood is only for us. And like two neighborhoods over, that's the, the Mexican neighborhood. And that's, you know, but we don't, we, we can play them in soccer, but we don't eat over there. We eat over here. And as this is how you eat. And there was only one salad dressing I ever heard of. Oil and vinegar. That's it. I never had any other salad. I'm not kidding you. I never had any other salad dressing growing up. I didn't even know there was such a thing. You know, little bottles of creamy stuff that my friends would see. And what is that? This, this is salad dressing. I was like, oh, it's globby and disgusting. I'm not, you know, and I wasn't exposed to it. But isn't it funny how when you have one cultural thing that you're brought up with and then you get put with another one and you're, you're kind of like almost a critic of, you know, they're messed up, man. They don't know how to do this. And, you know, it's funny because as I've gotten older, I realized we're all still alive. all managed to get food in us to keep us going. Doesn't look like too many people are starving here. So even though we got different cultural approaches, I had to leave a little room here. But (coughs) these fellas, I don't really believe that they were having a cultural problem here. I think they were having a heart problem, that they were spiritual leaders, and they didn't have this power of healing going on. They didn't have this word that, you know, this, this rabbi that was teaching was having the dead raised, and the blind seeing, and the lame walking, and, and he's getting quite a following. I mean, they're lining up all of the sick in the streets. and Can you imagine? Look, guys, make a straight line so just we just make him pass by. No, here, let's make two lines. Just from each side, we'll just get him down the canal in the middle, right? We'll just have him go down the groove in the middle, and everyone reach up and touch him as he goes by. Everyone will be well. Now, how many believe that Jesus actually healed the people when they walked by? I mean, the, the ones that touched him. Did they get healed? Yeah. We read, read. If you, you want encouragement, read Luke's gospel. He was a doctor. It, all this stuff about healings, if you ever played Bible Trivia... You're not sure, and the and the question has something to do with you know particulars about a healing. You know, a person had this suffered with this malady, and it gives some details. Just guess, Luke, because he always. I mean, he's fascinating. I mean, wouldn't you be if you're a doctor by trade, and and you and you get to see Jesus in action, and all of a sudden, I mean, all they do is they they take Jesus, and, and I mean, he must have just loved it because all they had to do is put the sick in a line and say, Jesus, walk by. Everybody, get your hand up, you know? Guy couldn't lift his hand. Here, this guy in front of him gets healed, reaches over, holds his hand up, and boom, he's done. You know, they just lined him up, and the, and the religious guys that would go to all this trouble. Now, these are, you'd call these guys, what, fellow ministers? I mean, they're, they're, they're you know, supposed to be servants of God, these scribes and these Pharisees. They're supposed to be representing God's kingdom, and Yet they get there and I believe in their hearts they're jealous. And their jealousy is interestingly manifested. Because as soon as they get there they start picking on Jesus' disciples. You guys don't follow the tradition of the elders. You're eating with unwashed hands. You know, you don't follow the ceremonial cleaning. It's one thing I've noticed when when God's spirit, his power is moving in a ministry, it's interesting to hear other ministries criticize and tear down the work where the power is going out. They, they, they just can't just say, all right. You know, sometimes I, I think this is, now I'm speaking to, uh, to the mature of you here in, in Christ. We should set an example. When there's a move of God's Spirit, it doesn't matter what fellowship it happens at. You hear a word that, that a healing took place at another church. God's mercy was poured out on an individual and they were healed. You know what we need to do? We need to say, praise the Lord. We need to set the example of, you know, that's awesome. You know, go God. Because God is not exclusive he doesn't just work in this one particular group or in this one particular way. He's, he's a God of the whole universe. He's a God that made all of us. It says every tribe, every nation, every every tongue, he, he's a God of all of us. Languages don't bother him. He doesn't go, oh my, I, I, I forgot how to speak Italian today. If he did, I'd be in trouble because I wake up thinking in Italian. My prayers in the morning start off in a different language every morning. I mean, does that trouble God? No. And when God lets his power work in some fellowship, maybe it's not at ours this morning, we should just go, all right, go God. But these guys hear word that God's work is happening some 50 miles away, and they get on their donkeys and they ride all the way there, or they huffed it and walked it, just so that they can become the, what, the critic of the ministry. You're not doing it right. I would have said, hey, shut up. The people are getting healed. You know, I mean, why do they have to pick on them about washing the hands? You can see how petty this is, can't you? This is like the stupidest. Come all this way, and instead of rejoicing, they, they got... See, I'm always just, any of you ever kind of in your, ever think this way like I do? Like, I wish I could have been there. Just to, if we had a time machine, who would go with me? Just to, to like, we could just go to one of the villages and help line the sick up, okay? And just sit back and watch. Who would go with me just to do that? I mean, I'd be, I'd be like, I'd be one of the runners. I'll run. Hey, all you got to do is get all your sick over here. No trouble. I'll help you get over there. Get them in there. Just line them up. Jesus is coming. And and just to, and just to, who would, who would like to see, like, physically just stand there and watch as, as Jesus passes by and somebody that's been lame from birth just, just, just barely touches his garment and boom, their legs strengthen, their body, their, their toes wiggle for the first time. I mean, for me, I would like to see that. just. Just, like, be right there and just, ooh, that would be so good. But these guys travel all that way, and they get there. What are they focused on? It sure ain't the healings going on. You didn't wash your hands. Oh, wow, that's pretty important. That's about as petty as you could pick. I mean, this is, (laughs) these guys are like, I remember when I was a kid we come out of the bathroom at school and the, and the, there was this hall monitor person and for some reason it was they I don't know if they took it upon themselves or they were told to do this it was their job I feel bad if it was their job but as soon as the boys come out of the bathroom you know this grade school when we came out what what did the monitor say did you wash your hands I'm thinking these pharisees and scribes these religious leaders are like the hall monitors going you didn't wash your hands <laughs> There's miracles to happen, man. What's the? And th- no, it wasn't that they didn't wash their hands; it's that they didn't wash their hands what, according to the traditions of the. Other. You didn't do it our way. I hate this, but it's so true. When God's Spirit moves in a group, and He does something maybe outside the box of the other group, suddenly the other group becomes the authority. On how you're supposed to do things. <laughs> I, You know, I, I don't think there's not one passage in this Bible that's not there for a reason. Now, I didn't see this reason when I was younger in the Lord. I was just too busy hanging on for the ride. Whatever you do, God, I'm in. And I got the, I, you know, honestly, I got the privilege to be used to see some awesome miracles. But I... I was so busy focused on the miracles. Thankfully, I didn't really like. People did the same thing, by the way. They start criticizing. Oh, you, you, you guys don't have the right. You, 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 you dress funny, or you, you know, you, you don't, um, whatever. They had these weird petty things. You, you, you know, you, your worship isn't like our worship, or you don't do this right, or. And I, I I was too busy doing the stuff what the Lord told me to do to pay attention to it. But it seemed the more that I got used to do it, the more I started noticing other ministries doing the same thing. This chapter is a great comfort to me because I I think, hey, you know, even Jesus and his guys that were with him, they had to put up with these other blokes that come along and say, you're not doing it right. And I'm thinking, do you think Jesus didn't know how to do it? I mean... If it was really important that they wash their hands in that ceremonial way, wouldn't he have told his disciples, let's focus on that? But he didn't. It just, (sighs) thank you, Lord, for putting this in. See, you may do something for the Lord. and, And some other person might say, well, that's not the way we do it. Guys, let's leave room for God to work in more than one way. We got all this diversity of people, and we have a God that can reach every one of them. We just got to leave some room. But here they go on. I, I, now Jesus, I like what Jesus answers these guys because they're going to start. They start picking on his disciples. You're not washing according to the tradition of the elders. And so, verse five, the Pharisees and the scribes came and asked Jesus. Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? But they eat their bread with impure hands. And Jesus answered them, Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you, you hypocrites. As it is written, he says, This people honors me with their what? Their lips, but their heart. Here's the problem. Their heart is far away from me. They got a heart condition. Oh, their lips said the right thing. Praise God. Praise God. But in their heart, they were far away from God. Because if they were close to God, they would have been going, go God. Awesome. Your power is moving. We need that. I mean, can anyone here give an amen that we need God's power to move in our land? Once again, I mean, we we need him. But their hearts were We're all praise the Lord with their lips, but not with their heart. They had a heart condition. She said, You're hypocrites. Hypocritos, that's the we get the word here from the Greek, is to put the putting on of a of a mask. You know, by the way, this happens even in churches. There's these hypocrites. You go up, how are you doing? The person's doing terrible, but they they throw up the mask real quick. They visit, you know, fine, brother. Thanks for asking. Glory be to Jesus. And inwardly, they're, they're, they're sucking mud. You know, if you're not doing well, are you allowed to say, I'm having a, a rough day? Sure. We don't have to put on any pretense. We just, you know, the Bible says, speak the truth to one another in love. Just don't lie. And some of you lie even about how you're doing when you're asked. And you know what? i, I got to be really honest. That is sometimes when, it, now, it's our pride. We don't want to ever let, let on that we could be having a hard day. But you know what? When you're honest and you say, yeah, I'm having a rough time, that lets your brothers and sisters know to pray for you. And, you know, you could go away stronger by the power of prayer, your brethren and sisters praying for you than if you go pridefully, oh, nothing's wrong. No, just tell the truth. I mean, I, I want to be the poster child for post recovery surgery, but but I'm telling you, it's just not quite there yet. Today I'm sitting up. I've had a week of. You talking about humbling. I had to call the boys every time. Raquel has figured out how to get me out of the easy chair. We have this easy chair. It's, it's so it's big, big one, and it has a it has springs. It rocks. And, and when the foot thing comes up, you know, if you pull the lever, the foot thing comes up, and I can lean back and just lounge, and I'm good like that. But then when you got to get back forward, this is the problem. The, the stomach muscles don't want to engage to go forward. So I had to push the lever, pull with my legs this way, and force the thing down. But have you ever tried to pull your legs like this and not make your stomach tighten? It's like my body doesn't know how to do it yet. It's taken me a whole week of practice. To get to the to make the legs do this, but but keep the abs relaxed. So 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 I get it in, and then I call Raquel. I gotta qu- hurry. I gotta go to the bathroom. Hurry. She comes running. Okay, Dad, and she shoves. Now this is my little one. She shoves the back of the chair as hard as she can, and it tilts me forward. And I get to here. I'm like, hold on. Everything's readjusting. There's a weird light sensation in the head here. Like a head rush, just sort of going laying down to here. And like I don't feel so I know something's not right. <laughs> and then there's this weird thing when you stand up just to just to get it's like uh, And she comes running around the chair and grabs me. Okay, just stand stay there. That's it. As I'm doing good, man. Today I got up twice. Did you notice while I was preaching? I did the hand washing and I got Yay. There's a Poster child, <laughs> but you know when you're really weak, the scripture says, "When you're weak, you are what? Strong." Yesterday, this guy called, and he 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 was down at the bottom of my driveway, saying, "Do you want to sell your Land Rover or this Corolla? Do you want to sell that?" I said, "Sir, I I just had um, I just had surgery this for this hernia thing, and I you know appreciate that you want to." Like, there's not a for sale sign, either one. He's a, he's a go-getter, you know. Is, I got cash. Can you come down here and make a deal with me? I said, look. I said, I, he said, I talked to you a few years back um, about your jag. Do you want to? Uh, I said, look, I, I just had surgery. I, I said, you know, in the Bible it says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I got a, you guys have been to my house. You know how steep my driveway is, right? I'm thinking, I don't want to do the driveway today, right now, no. And then he wants to talk about the cars and look all, and I I just, look. I said, listen, I'm not really up for it. I said, maybe another day. I said, appreciate yours. He goes, yeah, but there's a verse that says when we are weak, then we are strong. I said, man, I am Samson right now then, man. I said, but we're going to have to talk a different day. You can of come back. Give me a little time to finish recovering. So, but you know, we don't like to be weak. And you know what's interesting? The guy asked you to buy the car. Says, says, well. I'll be praying for you." And I thought, if I would have said, "I'm strong," you know, brush up, like oh, I got it, I got it. Then, but but when he said he would pray, he's down at the bottom of my driveway. I'm, I can, you know, I'm at the kitchen table. I I can hear his car run down. And he says, "I'll pray for you." I right when he said that. I felt like this pressure went off in my stomach and it felt better. I was like, thanks, man. I know he was praying for me. I thought, Lord, you made that guy come to look for that just to send in extra reinforcements for, for prayer for me. Now, he doesn't go to our church. Or anything, he's just looking for a car for his son that's coming soon to the island. I'm thinking, Lord, thanks. You know, in our weakness, that's when God shows his strength. And, and we can give him the glory when we see Lord, you're doing this. Not I don't have it in my own strength, but but you. You know, the, the, if you guys how many read the Psalms? When, whenever you're down and you're having a rough time, you should read Psalms because it seems like the Psalms have really tuned into this. David had a really great way of penning these words of, you know, when I'm in despair, Lord, you lifted my head. When I'm in the the the, the the deep place the dark places I, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I don't have to fear any evil why for you're with me you know these things that you come to learn in the in the low places of your of, of life in the tribulations you 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 get to to know God is with you and I shared this on Tuesday night because I thought, Okay, I'm going to give it my best shot to do this study. And and I couldn't even put the guitar against my stomach on Tuesday. So I told Jan, you play the ukulele and I'll just, you know, she's like, you will sing, right? I was like pushing on my stomach. Ugh, yeah, I'm trying. Like two song maximum. I said, as soon as Cindy walks in, we're done. Hurry, Lord, get Cindy here. You know? She comes right from work to get there. I'm like, Lord, just I'm really not up for seeing. it It was one of my shortest studies of the year. If you want to hear it, it was great, short and sweet. And uh, and and I just I realized, Lord, it's nice that when we are weak, that that we have our strength from you. And it's because of it's because of you, Lord, that we can just come and, and 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 know that comfort that you're with us. That comfort that the psalmist wrote about—about about how you were with them and how how you got them through these these times that were hard. The Lord, you know, sometimes if we don't have hard times, we think, "Yeah, I'd do it all on my own anyway." But when you're so weak that you know you can't do it on your own, and you and you gotta dig, and you, it's those times that make you draw near to God. I, even the atheists do it. Yeah, I'm an atheist, and then then some bad thing happens. All of a sudden, they're praying. Oh God, get me out of this! I promise. You're like, I thought you were an atheist. You know, isn't it interesting? Sometimes you have to hit those low spots. But but I went. To, I told the guys on Tuesday night when I went for the surgery, God blessed me, man. He gave me. You know, I've been to the hospital so many times, never for, as a patient. Thank you, Lord. But you know, as a pastor. And I walked in, at six in the morning. I was the first person slated for surgery, on Monday morning. And so, I I go in, and the and the first face there, there's a gentleman trying to, he's sitting there. Nobody's come to help him, and he he looks real nervous. And it seems like I'm usually the one sitting with the person who's nervous because they're going for surgery, right? So I come in. I'm like, Lord goes, just comfort him. I'm like, okay, it's going to be all right. What what are you having done? You know. And I got this thing sticking, my guts are sticking out here. i are going to put it back in and fix it up. And He says, well, I'm going to get a lens in my eye. They did this eye, and I can see out of this eye now, but this this eye is all cloudy and, you know, they had the cataracts. And they take out that lens of the body and they put a, a artificial one in there. So I'm going to have that one on this eye. You're going to be fine. As soon as I said that, he goes, oh, thank you. And he just kind of... I thought, Lord, you just. I mean, so I go to ring the bell. Says, "Please ring for sir." You know, and I go to pick it up, and right away this gal, Sandy, who I she's worked there like twenty-five years, she's walking right towards me. Oh, Pastor, is how you doing? I said, "Good." And she's thinking I'm with him, to help him. I'm like, "Yeah," except that I have my own sheet today. She's like, "Oh." I said, "Yeah." So she she starts to tr- take me in right away, and I said, "He was here first. She goes, "Oh, I'll be right with you." And she's so good with people. She's like. You know that I'll be right with you I'll be right back for you I've got to get your thing and she takes me in there and gets me all set up and the Lord just gave me this peace like I, I she put me by the window and the sun was coming up over the mountain and I got to watch a nice sunrise and she's like do you want a TV on no I don't want a TV it's too early for tea I just watch the sunrise and pray you know and so she's I, I'm tired, man. I'm not a morning person. This is too early to have surgery. Why did they do? That? I think I hope God please help my doctor be a morning person like my wife. Help all the people that are here be morning people. And then the next gal I meet comes in and she looks like me, you know, like, oh. and she's but she's dressed in scrubs. And her name is not a morning person. Kelly was her name, and she, I hadn't met her yet. She said, "I just transferred in from the ER." I I've been working the night shift. This is my first day shift. I said, "You need some coffee." She says, "I haven't drank coffee for twenty years." She goes, "It just messed me up." I said, "I'm gonna be praying for you, Kelly," because she just, she's like, she looked just like I felt inside. I'm like, "I just need to go back to sleep," and she's like, "Me too." And she's trying to offer to Sandy, "Can I help out?" And she, Sandy's like, "Well, I have to show you around." She's like, "Look, I can start an IV." We do it every, you know, in the ER all the time. I could do his IV. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Do his. IV. Where's the stuff? I go in the second tray up from the top, and and Sandy looked at me like, "How does he?" I've been here a lot. <laughs> I I don't know why. I, they always, you know, when the person's nervous, they want me to walk back there with them till they get the IVs in and hold their hand, you know. And then then I know what's coming. You know, they're gonna put the little stuff in the IV that makes them go. So 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 the lady comes up to me and she says, I'm going to put a little something in your in your line to help you relax. And I I am so relaxed. I like I was praying, Lord, I know I don't want to go through this, but you're with me. And so if you're with me, I don't really have to like, is this my last prayer to you before I go stand before you? And he's like, no. I'm like, darn. Well, I'll talk to you when I wake up, Lord, you know. And the lady says, I'm going to give you this to help you relax. I'm like, lady, I'm relaxed. I know the drill here. You're just getting ready to knock me out. And so I'm like, I'm relaxed. Don't worry. And so she, and and literally, that stuff, I, I guess I'm a total lightweight because I, like, literally, she put it in the line and watched the stuff. And I don't remember it. I just closed my eyes. You know, I saw it coming down the line. And I, I closed my eyes. It was like a milky stuff with the and I already had a bag of saline going. So I I watched it go, and I'm I closed my eyes like that. And I don't all I can remember is this gal going breathe breathe, <laughs> yeah. and it's like it's it's like it was a it was after for the next hour and a half after I woke up after the surgery. I mean I I finished surgery at 9:05, and they were it was like 10:45 or something. The girls going. Breathe, come on, breathe. And she keeps putting this thing on my face, and I can't even move. I can't even get my eyes to open. And I can hear her. You ever been in that state where you're so like I was paralyzed, man. I was like, and she going, "Breathe." And I found I come to find out that I didn't. I kept stop breathing, you know, for the whole time. And the poor girl, she looks so flustered. And she goes, "Don't you ever have? Have you ever had a drink or or smoke or anything?" I said. No. I said I've I've never I never smoked a cigarette once. She says, She says, you um I said, I've never been drunk either. I said, I'm a pastor. It's not really that good for me to, you know, <laughs> go in that path, you know. She says, Oh, I go to Living Stones. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I'm like, but she looks so flustered. I said, What's the matter? She says, I finally got my mouth open. What's the matter? she says, You haven't been breathing for like a long time. And she keeps having to put the bag on me, keeping me breathing. I said, "Oh, good. I'm okay. I'll breathe." I'm thinking, and in my mind, I'm thinking, "Don't you do this automatically? Why does she have to keep saying it?" You know. But I couldn't put it together. And then, then Kelly goes walking by, and she still looks like this. And it's like three hours later since I saw her earlier. You know, I'm like, "Hanging in there, Kelly." She's like, "Uh huh." I said, "Kelly." Can you do me a favor? I can't I can't feel my feet. Like, no, seriously. I, I I thought I cannot even wiggle my toe. I go, could you just move my toe? And I couldn't move my hand to point to my us in, inwardly I'm I'm doing this. Can you but my body's just little, can you point to my toe? <laughs> And I can hear my wife in the room waiting outside. I'm thinking, send her in, please. I can't move. She'll just She'll understand," I said. We just, and so Kelly goes like this, and I, and I, my eye, I'm looking down there, and I, I know that I can see her hand touching my foot. I cannot feel it. I'm thinking, and they're going, they're having a conversation. He doesn't handle anesthesia well, and I'm listening to him. Uh huh. Can you just wiggle a little harder, please? And so Kelly wiggles a little. I said, "No, man, just pump the whole leg. Just move. It. I can't even feel my leg at all." And I'm like, you're kidding me. And it took her, she started doing both feet like really hard. I could just a little harder, please. I, I think I can feel my feet now. You know, I'm like, it It, it took her a little while doing that till finally, like I could actually move my hand and my neck. And I was like, wow, that was weird. I couldn't move. And then this lady comes in. get up. Time to go. You know, it was a, it was a from the next shift. And she's like, get out, man, we're, we're moving on, next you, next, you know, and I'm like, what happened to Sandy, where'd she go, man, <laughs> this lady's not nice, I don't know her name yet, <laughs> I'm gonna find out, though, <laughs> and I thought, Lord, why, why? And, and then she's, I'm trying to get up, but the stomach hurts all the way across, like something's bad inside, and she's, I don't care, get up. And I go like this. She goes, not with that arm. Reach over here and pull this way. It doesn't work. That arm doesn't move yet. <laughs> like, I, she just, and, and I'm like, oh. And give him some pain pill. Give him a few minutes. So she gives me the pain pill. And then I, I thought it was like a blink. I mean, seriously, I thought I went like this. And I opened my eyes. It was 45 minutes later. Jen was waiting a long time out there, and and then she's back at it. Get up. <laughs> Lady, I get, can you help? You know? No. You got to do this on your own. Thanks. You are just my favorite person right now. And I thought, Lord, why are you doing this, you know? Then I, I finish. I get to the Tuesday night thing, and I, oh, by the way, where's Bob Lars? There he is. Happy birthday, buddy. This guy's turning 75 here this week. So Bob's across the table from me and he says, oh, you gotta, you gotta hear what, <laughs> we're, we're, we're having post-op recovery stories just to, you know, con- <laughs> console one another. He says, yeah, I had to have this thing where they take your blood out, they put this radio isotope in and they shove it back in and then this thing goes around you. I said, I had that one too. And, um. We start comparing, you know, I think it's funny, but I think, Lord, you just make me do this so I have to be comfort somebody, you know, sometime when they're afraid of the tube that they stay, you know, a lot of people, they get real nervous about going in that MRI machine. That, that thing hums and the, you're you're like claustrophobic, you know, you're confined. Me, I had to go at Christmas time to get ready for the surgery. So they, they put headphones on me. The first song, guess what it was? Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. I'm like, I'm cool, Lord. It's good. The guy has a, a IV in this arm and says, "Hold your hands up like this." And so I'm like this, and I, I'm listening, "Please, now can you turn the music up a little?" <laughs> Cuz I can hear <laughs> vroom, vroom. the machine is really loud. And, and 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 it vibrates. And pretty soon it's vibrating so much and my and my little eyebrows are t- going" <laughs> And, and, and my cheek muscles are twitching, and then it moves up to my eyes and up to my forehead. Up my, f- I'm like, this is the weirdest sensation. I kept telling myself you're at a spa, you're at a spa. It's a, it's a new, it's, it's magnetic, it's magnetic massage. You know, I, I thought I'm, I'm crazy. I actually feel these like little waves of, like pulses in my face, and, I mean, I could feel it down here, but when it was going through my face, I was like thinking, I'm a, I, oh man. I get out. I tell the tech you know is it where my my cheek muscle and my 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 eyebrows felt like they were like kind of feeling little waves of twitching You oh that's nothing this is the, the 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 next size up machine is a little more powerful the people actually report seeing flashing lights and you know cuz it 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 magnetically fires the optic nerve and i'm like oh okay that's good i thought i was like hallucinating or something no 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 that's you know i i just wrote it off as the massage from the morning you know but but, you know, we go through things sometimes and we think, why did God let me go through that? But the Bible says that we get to comfort others with the comfort that he comforted us with. You know, when when, when the Lord comforts you, when you're going through something and, you know, going in that. I, I had been with a couple folks to go what, with dot when she had to do her MRI and, and, and she didn't like that either. And, and I've been with others. That, and, you know, when you have gone through it, and someone else is facing it. And you say, look, I went through that too. It's a comfort. Now, I don't like going through it just so I can be a comfort to someone else. I'm not volunteering for extra. But I'm just telling you what the things that God has you go through. You can take from those things and, and encourage someone else. When they're struggling, you say, you know, the Lord got me through that. He's going to get you. And, and the, the thing that he spoke to me, the most important thing he spoke to me, look, I, I'm with you. Don't worry. And I'm like, so you know, and I really did pray. Is this my last prayer? You know, some people don't do do the whole surgery. We we just had a I don't know if you heard but one of the moms from the swim team here, her two two boys on the swim team, little 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 ones, right? Not on the team, but two little Sharon knows. And she had a surgery and it she got an infection just shortly after and and she died. Leaving these two little ones behind and and that just happened last week, you know, or the week before my, a couple weeks ago. Right before my surgery, I'm thinking, so I'm going to go in, Lord. Am I coming out? I, or is this my last prayer to you? Before I stand before you, he's like, no. And I mean, it was clear as a bell. Like, there's no audible voice from him, just inside. You guys ever experience when you ask the Lord something and he tells you and you know? Like, I didn't hear a voice say no. I just knew he was going, you're not coming now. And I'm like, well, then I'm going to be okay. You know, if, if you already know the outcome that you're going to be okay, you don't have to stress about it. You just got to walk through whatever you got to walk through and just say, okay, the Lord knows. Now, I didn't like having to – some folks ask, how did the Super Bowl party go? Silly me, I announced the Super Bowl party at my house the week before. And I was having surgery the next day after I announced it, so – so I, I, I figured, hey, that's like a whole week to get ready. You know, it's not going to be a problem. Until you had to figure out the whole sitting up thing and getting up out of the chair every time. I, I got it down, though. I got, I got Luke and Daniel. You just get one boy on each side, and they grab an arm, and they just pull you up. That's better than the whole being pushed out of the chair by Raquel thing. You just go with that. And then I was like, I got to come out of the beef for the Super Bowl party. That's the, like, you know, slow smoke the beef just right. That's, I was like, I, I look, for, I, I'm, I'm thinking, I can't wait. That, But now I got to go up and down the stairs. If you've been to my house, you know, there's a couple, I got to do a couple flights of stairs to go to the Kamado at the front of the house. So I got to run, I'm like, I don't, Luke, help me up. Luke, come here, you're cooking. You just put the meat there. This is my first I'm trying my best. Just point. Just do that. Put that there. Turn that. Come back. 20 minutes. And I, I made it four times to the Kamado on Super Bowl Sunday. That was my feet. You know, I had to get pulled up every time. That down. But the doctor said, move around. It's gonna help you get better. So I, I was, I was taking it to heart. I was like, I'm gonna move around. I, you guys would laugh. Two days ago, I went to Lowe's just so I'd be ready for today. Took Jan to Lowe's. Had to get a. My, my grate on my kamado, the little metal thing is all rusted away. So, I'm like, I need a new grate. And Greg brought me one. But but I, I learned a long time ago, you got to get two and turn it like this and, and and weld them together so that you get the food doesn't drop through, you know, catches the pieces. So I'm like, I need a second one, Lord. Great. I, I, I'm going to go look. And I, I'm like an old man. I got the cart. Just so lean on the cart. Let's go, Jan. We're going on a date. I made it for like half an hour walking around Lowe's on the cart, man. Let's go. Let's find stuff. And see, Lowe's is good for me because I can see tools and just, it's just, I know, it's distraction. That's what, you know what? When you're not thinking about the pain, it's not so bad. You know? So I'm like, let's go. And then we get home and Raquel wants to go to Target for some little book thing for school. I'm like, Lowe's was good. I hate Target. We get there. I get another cart. Here we go. I'm thinking, I'm going. Now. I'm going for the marathon, man. I'm d- and I, I made it from the front of the store to the dressing room at the back, and I was like, I am done. Let's go. And you're like, Dad, I'm just trying this on. Hurry, you know. And, and I, there was, I, I was like, there's nowhere to sit here. You know that store is rigged. Finally, I found a little button thing about like this big to sit on by the inside of the family dressing area. Like okay, but you know they should put more chairs for old people in those stores. That's my that's my insight from going after this. But but I, I did all that and I thought okay. Now I'm gonna heal really fast, you know. And the next day I did feel a little better. I was like thanking the Lord. And I got to go watch Daniel at his swim meet, and that was really cool. And, and and I was blessed to see how good the 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 boys did, and just you know, proud father. Keep me distracted, you know. The distractions help. And it's funny that you know when when we're going through this stuff now, we have a biblical we have a biblical edict that we're to do when when we have these trials and these 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 troubles in our body. What does the Bible say I'm supposed to do? What's my real distraction spiritually? Where supposed to, where's my focus supposed to be anyway? On me? No. On Him. I lift up my eyes unto the hills. He says, From where does my help come from? My help comes from what? What's the psalmist say? From the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We just lift up our eyes to the Lord and say, Lord, help. And He helps. And when he helps you later, there's going to be someone following, going through something, and you're going to be the one to say, you know what? The Lord helped me. I'm sure he can help you. And you may have faced certain things that, that that person really needed somebody else to have made it through that trial. I've shared this before, but there was a young girl in my youth group. Actually, she was just a friend of one of the kids in my youth group. Only came one time to youth group. This girl came into the church office in the middle of the week after, uh, j- just middle of the day. Comes in, and sits down. She's got a, a little purse. This is in Arizona now. In Arizona, I know this is not quite, but in Arizona, <coughs> a lot more gu- folks have guns. You know, especially in northern Arizona, you don't even buy a truck if it doesn't have a gun rack, in the window with, at least a, a shotgun and a 22, and, you know, maybe a little heavier powered rifle for bears or. You know, you you gotta have, but but this girl comes in my my uh, office and sits down, in the little handbag, and pulls out this four <laughs> this forty four. She has this big revolver, and she and she cocks back the uh, the the hammer and says, puts it like this, and looks at me. And she has her elbow on the chair, my right across from me. I'm like about as far as Jan is from me, too far for me to get to her fast enough, but. And she says, "You got ten seconds. to Tell me why I shouldn't pull this trigger." And I, you know how fast you can pray, when you, like, how long do you think I should pray at this point? Oh God, Maker of heaven and earth, we just thank Thee, O oh Lord. You, no, you. This is one of those God help prayers, like now. But but now you don't even have time to do that. It's just in your mind, you say, "God help now." what do i what do I do? what do I say and the and I'm thinking you came all the way to my office you you want help, and I've only seen you one time at youth group and so I looked at her and I was like lord i i all I have time to in my mind was just to say help and I looked at her and i i said so so your parents are getting a divorce huh-huh and uh she looked at me. How did you know? I says, tell me what's going on. She says, uh, well, they haven't gotten a before. They're thinking about it. They're talking about it. And she starts to break down and, you know, just her world is unraveling. And I look at her and I'm like, well, you know, let me try to encourage you. Oh, uh, why am I telling you this anyway? Your life is perfect. And uh, I was thinking, wow, well, that's nice that you think that. But I look at her, I says, you, you know, and she put the gun back to her chin, and she's she's ready to pull, and I could see the fingers ten- tensing on the trigger. And I says, listen, wait a minute. He says, you know, you're right. I, I don't know what it's like to have my parents only thinking about getting a divorce. For the first time, she said, what? And she kind of lo- 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 loosened the, I saw the finger just kind of, huh? And I, I said, yeah. I said, uh, my perfect life, my, my parents divorced when I was 11. And, um, but m- but don't worry, my mom got remarried. And Then, oh, I mentioned she got divorced then from him. But it's okay, she got remarried. And then divorced again, and she, she got remarried again, but she divorced him before I even got back from Bible school. Then she married another guy, number five, and I, I don't even remember his name. And she divorced him, and the girl says she looks at me now. The gun is about like drifted about an inch in front of her face. So I was grateful, you know. It kind of her arm went, huh? And and she says, and you're still alive. And she was so, like, I can't believe it. You lived? Because, and I knew her pain. I know what it feels like being the kid when the parents are divorcing and how it just unravels your world. And you just feel like, what is there to live for? My parents can't hold it together. It's just, it's not working, you know. All the things what you thought were givens are just, it's like somebody yanked the rug out from underneath your feet in life. And and. And I was able to comfort her in that very much, you know, because I had always complained to God, "Why did you put me in a family where they did? Well, first of all, why couldn't you at least have got me into a family with some money, you know, kind of Rockefellers or you know whatever? I mean, did you have to put me in the poor people family? And then to top it off, did you have to put me in the family with all the the mom that just, you know, the ups and downs and the things and the and, and it's just not fair." Why didn't you put me in a family that had it together, Lord? And the irony was that girl thought what? When she's telling me, why am I telling you? You, Your family's perfect. And the Lord said, do you see why I put you through that? And, And literally in that very moment, I realized I've been complaining about this for a long time. But I never saw that, God, you brought me through. You were with me through all of that. You, you. In fact, he used some of that to get me to come to him. And then he stayed by my side all through all those up and downs. And if it was, he goes, so if it was just so she wouldn't blow her brains out, was it worth it? And I thought, that's a trick question, Lord. <laughs> I didn't like the answer to that one because I was, he got me. Because of course it was worth it. You know, that girl didn't pull the trigger. I got the gun away from her. Just said, here, hand me that let me pray with you, you know, and she gave me the gun. I wanted to keep it. It was a really nice gun, but I gave it back to the family later, and they were very grateful. And the Lord, you know, we don't like going through, through stuff. we got to remember, the, some of the stuff you're going through is not just about you. It might be just so that you're the one God will use to rescue someone else when, when and, and this isn't easy for some of us to receive trust me i i'm teaching it because i had to learn it before you maybe or maybe you learned it before me and we just can commiserate it may not seem fair but guys sometimes there's other people struggling and and that that thing is maybe their faith isn't at that place where they know the lord's with them maybe they just maybe they just need to know that somebody else has made it through that it's ironic to me to go to the hospital and he's going, you know, I'm going to give you this to calm me down. I'm thinking, lady, I already know the drill, you know, and, and 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 I'm thinking, I already talked to my boss. He said I'm not getting to go home, so I'm going to be fine. And I already got all the uh, Coach Steve Daniels, swim coach, had just told me he just had the hernia surgery three weeks before me, so he was showing me the scars and everything, you know, and and telling me, you know, how, how the intestines give you cramps and all the stuff that the the the, 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 the um, anesthesia makes you kind of paralyzes all the stuff in there. And I think it makes you feel nauseous. I hate throwing up, by the way. I was like, I hate it. And I felt like throwing up for like two or three days. He told me, you know, because they tug in there and there's a mesh in there now. And, man, it, like, makes you feel like you're going to throw up so easy. Like, I'm not going to throw up. I'm, not. Mm. I'm stubborn that way. So I didn't throw up yet. Thank you, Lord. But 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 I. But just having that, he just went through it and him telling me, now I put coconut oil on. I put coconut oil on this one right here. They took this lump out of my neck, too. Oh, by the way, I got a full tune-up. They took this off and a thing off my chest here. and did, I was like, and stuck this scope up into my liver and said, yeah, I got a little cluster of a. Hemangioma or something? How does, is that how you say it? Well, she said, yeah, hemangioma. It's just a little clump of blood vessels that, you know, on my liver. And they're like, it, that was another fun thing to learn about, you know, that radioisotope thing, mm-hmm. taking a picture, you know, and the blood goes in there and they can see the little blood vessels. And So the doctor shoved the scope up in there just to make sure. That put a little extra gas in the stu- – in between. They bloat your stomach up with gas. Then when it goes, I don't think he bled the valve enough to let it out because I I hurt inside like crazy, and 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 but it's not the kind of gas you can you know pass. It's stuck in your body. It's like it has to absorb. And I'm telling the doctor, Doc, he's really hurting in here. You know, he's. Did you get any pain in your shoulder? I said when that lady was going, get up, get up. You know, so it was. Oh, it's kind of like the bends, you know. Don't worry, it'll pass. It's So like comforting. Give it a couple weeks, you know. Great. You know when you were. When, I could have sworn I heard the nurse telling the person next to me, uh, four to eight hours for the for the anesthesia stuff to you know wear off all that. You'll be you'll be up for in four to eight hours." It turns out it was forty eight hours. <laughs> Drats. You know I see. Well, Sandy was nice enough to call me the next day to see how I was doing it. and I said, "Sandy, you said 4 to 8 hours, right, for the thing the anesthesia?" She said, "No, 48 hours." Oh, i could kind of sworn I heard you telling the guy in the bed next to me it was 4 to 8. And she Oh, no, you were under for a while. <laughs> You're going to be a while. Like, that's not really comforting. What? Guys, this is just to encourage you. The Lord is with you. Okay? If you could just, if you don't remember any else part of this message, just remember, we have Jesus who's with us. He says, I'll never leave you, and I'll never what? Forsake you. This week, if you're facing any trials, just remember that. You can even remember my misery. But, no, don't remember the misery. Remember, the Lord didn't leave me in the misery. He was with me. See, that's the greatest comfort we have as believers. The Lord is with us. He's our shield, our buckler. He's, he's always around us, watching over us. And, and w- when we let that sink in, when, we, when, when that girl said, and you're still alive? I said, well, yeah, because I found out the Lord is with me. And what you need to do is have the Lord be with you. And I got to lead her to Christ that day. And and introduce her to that saving faith so that the Lord would be with her to get through that trial. It's, it's, you know, it it sucks going through some of these things. But remember, it's just to bring us to that understanding that he is faithful. He's with us. Now, next week, I'm going to pick up where I left off here with the Pharisees. I didn't finish with them. The Lord... The Lord's got a few words to speak to these guys, but they're kind of stiff-necked. Okay, just so you think Jewish. Okay, do any of you know some some stubborn Jewish folks that uh, if you know someone, just kind of in your mind prepare for next week because Jesus is going to speak to these guys. Now they got a heart condition. They're a little bit you know we're going to see it next week, but but if you have a chance, will you do me a favor? Just read ahead. It is a really encouraging part coming up here in 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 Mark's Gospel, chapter seven. And just, just read ahead, see what he speaks to these guys with this jealousy that they have. And, and see how he continues to touch. Let's pray, shall we? Father, thanks for getting me through this morning. By your grace, Lord, I, I, I'm so grateful that you are always with us. And I pray, Lord, for anyone that's struggling today, you would just, you would just well, just bury into their heart, their mind, their conscience, that that you're the God that never leaves us, you never forsake us, Lord. And for that, I am so grateful. I pray, Lord, through our trials, for our sister Connie here going through her trials with business, and to, to the other ones with, the, with housing problems and bills, Lord, whatever the things that we're facing, we come before you, we cast all of our burdens at your feet, and we ask you, Lord, for your mercy, your grace be upon us. Lord, anyone who's hurting here, please pour out your spirit. Touch us, Lord. Let us touch you. There's just a fringe of your garment that we could receive that same power that healed then to be healing to us now. I ask it in Jesus' name. Anyone that agree with me said? <laughs> Mahalo for joining us. If you'd like more information about us, go to our website, AmazingGraceKona.com and click the link to follow us on Facebook. That's AmazingGraceKona.com Mahalo God bless.